As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. When you want to have fun and have scratchers to scratch, there's a playful way you can do just that. Scratch with the key or acrylic nail. Scratch with the quill from a porcupine tail. Use a belt buckle from your friend Lamar. Or scratch with your pick while you play guitar. You can scratch in a bunch of different playful ways. Scratchers from the California Lottery. A little play can make your day. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player claim. Introducing Carvana Value Tracker, where you can track your car's value over time and learn what's driving it. It might make you excited. Whoa, didn't know my car was valued this high. It might make you nervous. Uh Uh-oh, market's flooded. My car's value just dipped 2.3%. It might make you optimistic. Our low mileage is paying off. Our value's up. And it might make you realistic. Mm, Car prices haven't gone up in a couple weeks. Maybe it's time to sell. But it will definitely make you an expert on your car's value. Carvana Value Tracker. Visit Carvana.com to start tracking your car's value today. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right. And we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com And welcome back to Scarred for Life, the podcast where we open up old wounds by looking back at the films that scared us as kids. I'm Terry. And I'm Mary Beth. And each episode, our special guest brings up a movie that will traumatize them as a child, but... But this week, our special guests are just us, because it has been one year of Scarred for Life, and we want to reflect on that, the amazing guests we've had, the amazing conversations we've had, and what better way than sharing some amazing messages from all of you. So first up, we want to share a message from... JT. He has been one of our biggest supporters since the beginning. He has just been an amazing like cheerleader for the podcast, but also for Terry and I's work. And we really yeah. appreciate him so much. So our first like our first message is going to be from JT. Hey, Mary Beth. Hey, Terry. This is JT calling from Decatur, Georgia. <laughs> I just wanted to give you guys a shout out and say congratulations on your one year anniversary. Um, Got to say it's one of my favorite podcasts. It's always no. interesting and a good listen. You have a bunch of different guests from a bunch of different backgrounds, and yet almost every movie anybody has brought, I have like a personal experience with it as well, uh, even if no. it's not always the same one. 
there are still a couple big scary ones out there from my upbringing that I'm curious are going to show up in the near future. Uh, but regardless, I'm going to enjoy listening to whatever you guys have to offer. So once again, congrats. And I hope year two is even better than year one. Me too. Aww, same. Thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you. Oh, thank we love you. you. It, it's it's so weird. And Mary Beth and I, we kind of talked about this before we recorded that it's it's going to be weird listening to people basically, you know, gush about the show because it's not like <laughs> something that we like that we are, are like to. I don't know. The it's, imposter syndrome is real. Yeah, it's really awkward, but we we do really appreciate uh, JT because. He has been with us from the beginning. I remember yeah. back in like November, he's he was tweeting about us, and it's just it's it's so nice to see. And I'm glad that <laughs> he stuck with us for a whole year. Yeah, I know it's, it's wild to me that we've had listeners for a whole year. It's wild that this has been happening for a year. Like we honestly were just tweeting at each other about nonsense, and then we were like, "Oh yeah, let's do this." And now it's been a year, and we've <laughs> talked to like. Brandon Cronenberg and April Wolf and Bria Grant. Like, what the fuck? It's just, like, absolutely mind-blowing what we've done in a year. And it makes me so happy. It's just, like, I don't know. This started out as just, like, a cool, fun thing to do. And it is still – it's and like, it is still just a fun, cool thing to do. But it's, like, evolved into something bigger than I ever expected. Yeah, same. It's – it's I I mean I've told Mary about this many times that it, it's basically the most fulfilling creative thing that I've I feel like I've done done the last yeah. year and especially during like this dark COVID times it's kept me it's given me something to look forward to every week of like recording yeah and I I know that we've we've had a couple people reach out that either a discovered us through the quarantine or b have said that it's helped them through the quarantine and I think that's what's so wonderful about podcasts in general is that it does kind of foster a community especially at a time like like this where yeah it's really hard to find that kind of community got a train coming by <laughs> never stops not even for our anniversary podcast I'm, I'm keeping this in too <laughs> <laughs> i think what has been amazing is the like you said the community that's come out of it i don't I don't know why. I just didn't know there was going to be a community, but we've met so many people who are like, I consider friends on Twitter yeah. now. And it's just been so cool to like make new friends through this and have something like a community around our podcast. Like it's really wild to me, but it's really cool and humbling in a way. Yeah. And the, you know, the thing is, is that the, when, when, one of my goals starting out with this, and um, I know it was Mary Beth as, as well, is that, <laughs> I hear the train. Um, I just, I, it, we can just mute my ass. It's fine. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, <laughs> is is that we've been able to talk to people that we want to talk to, whether that's you know people that that either a we interact with on a daily basis with, and we don't really get to talk talk to, or whether it's <laughs> talking to freaking Brandon Cronenberg. Like it's it's Casual. just. <laughs> it's just it's one of those things where it's like as long as is we're being able to talk to the people we want to talk to it's been it's been kind of a blast um but another one person in particular that we've had such a great time talking to both on the show and also in person he's i love him to death it's michael Verratti. michael Verratti. he gave us a really cool little clip that we're gonna play now hello terry and mary beth michael Verratti here and i am thrilled to wish you both a <laughs> oh, happy show anniversary. 
I had the best time with you when I came on to discuss flatliners and the eroticism of near-death experiences. <laughs> I'd like to say we all learned something, but what that is, I leave up to interpretation and quick culture changes. I adore you both in all that you do. Thank you for always leading the charge mm-hmm. with kindness, community support, and an unapologetic love of genre. Here's to many more episodes and many more traumas ahead. On behalf of me and Joel Schumacher enthusiasts everywhere, much, much love. <laughs> mm. Aww. I'm so glad you brought that, because when I brought the eroticism of the flatliners, I'm like, this is unhinged, and I cannot wait to talk about it. I'm like, is this hot? And you guys were like, are you, um... It's <laughs> like, oh, oops. Well, let's talk about it. Uh... Is it hot to die? Like... <laughs> Is it sexy to die and come back to life? In this essay, I will. <laughs> oh, geez. that was such a fun episode. Too. It was a really oh, my good God. episode, uh, and it was a fun ep- It was a fun movie to revisit because um, I hadn't seen that since well, probably since it first came out. And I had, of course, at that time, I never really paid attention to the eroticism of death. But like- I mean, you know what? Here I am, just bringing it all, bringing it to the table. <laughs> <laughs> and also michael does have an upcoming episode from uh it listens from the radio yeah and i mean i i feel weird kind of promoting it because i have a cameo in it but uh if you're not listening Casual to that, self-promotion I oh love my it. god i know but if you're not listening to that that series uh it's it's a really fun kind of like 50 style radio show hell yeah and they do really really fun kind of creepy episodes and season two just started, so it's it's really kind of cool. Yeah, he was kind of mentioning flatliners, and one it's kind of weird because like one of the 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 people that wrote in was Jen Adams, uh, who wanted to talk about two movies, and one of them happened to be Flatliners. So, and we talked to her about Fright Night. Yeah. Hi, Terry and Mary Beth. Your voice. This is Jen Adams, so and I just wanted to say happy podiversary. Oh. I am so excited for you guys. Congratulations on one year. That's amazing. I have loved listening to your show, and it's been so much fun to think about all of these old movies that I watched when I was a kid that scared <laughs> the shit out of me or that I had these crazy attachments to. And it's interesting to hear other people talk about them in the same way. Um, so thank you so much. But there's thank two you. that I wanted yeah, to talk about. One is The Secret of Nim. Mm-hmm. I remember absolutely loving that and watching it all the time. Um, I don't remember it being scary, though, or I don't remember being scared by it. I think what I really connected to the most was this really strong mother, um, yeah. which was something um, that I was really kind of looking for and Not drawn to in a lot of things. <laughs> Um, and I don't remember anything about that except for the amulet and the, um, and just how strong she was and what a great mother she was. Mm. It's also another reason I think I really liked Poltergeist a lot, mm. which is another one that I watched over and over again, which partly because it was just on USA all the time. <laughs> um, and I had a crush on Craig T. Nelson. Who doesn't? Um, speaking yeah, of crushes, fair. the other one that I wanted to talk about is Flatliners mm-hmm. because I was obsessed with that movie. Um, I because everybody in that cast is so hot Um, and I just (laughs) loved watching it that was another one I think was on USA a lot or at least that's what I remember Um, and I went to see the first movie I ever saw that was rated R in theaters was Backdraft and that began my Uh crush on William Baldwin (laughs) Um, and I did not realize how gross he was in that movie until I got older Um, and I was like oh yeah you're terrible but I didn't get it at all I just thought he was really dreamy and then there's (laughs) Kevin Bacon and Kiefer Sutherland who of course 
um, are just beautiful. And even Julia Roberts, like if I could have any person's hair in the world, yes, it might be hers. Holy shit. Um, 100%. And um, I actually wrote a college paper on Oliver Platt way back in the day. Oh, wow. I don't even remember what it was about, but I think I may have compared him to Salieri. Um, but and I tried to I've tried to find it recently and I can't. But um, so those are the two that I wanted to talk about. But more, I just really wanted to congratulate you two mm-hmm. guys. I'm really excited for you, um, and I just think you're doing amazing work. And I can't wait to hear what happens next year. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I love being able to talk about Friday Night with her. Oh my god, it was so good. And like I was so glad I got to revisit it and like really appreciate the queerness of Friday Night. Yeah. And Chris Sarandon forever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh know. I, every time we talk about Secret and Him, I just, I, it's it's the rad. It's it's hot it's the Justin. Rat for me. I hot mean, Justin. I mean, like it is a pretty fucked up movie. Yeah. But the hot. It's like hot rat. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it also having like a small mouse child with like tuberculosis or something is quite disturbing like oh, i hadn't yeah. really thought about the implications of that young child like having horrific lung issues but yes and see she thought flatliners i mean she said they were all hot and didn't say erotic but yeah. i will take that as erotic <laughs> i will make it's it erotic win. it's a win uh yeah i i mean it the cast is stacked i mean it is just a hot hot cast so i mean i I get the, <laughs> the eroticism of it. I understand it, especially after you kind of talked about it on the on the show. But it's not it's the first thing. It's a beautiful day to mind. die. <laughs> Whisper that in my mouth, Keeper Sutherland. I mean, wow, what? <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is what happens when you don't have a guest. I just like all out bananas. Um, so, so Jen wow. mentioned Poltergeist. <laughs> okay. Jen mentioned Poltergeist, which yeah. we talked about. It was our first episode, and then we got to revisit it last week with Brandon Cronenberg, which such a cool, weird, like, full circle moment. Yeah. It, it, what? It's, <laughs> it's, so, it's so weird, but like when Brandon Cronenberg says he wants to talk about Poltergeist, you, you talk about Poltergeist. You talk about Poltergeist, like... It's just, but it yeah. it was kind of cool revisiting it last week it, because, like, I, I, well, as we talked about in the episode, it, it, there were some things that I had even blocked out of my mind that came tumbling back, and even you with the my pet monster, the I my mind is still blown <laughs> by that. Like, I know it's not technically poltergeist, but the conversation of poltergeist led to the revelation yeah. of the monster I was terrified in my grandparents' basement. So, <laughs> I mean, that's. I felt like that was a breakthrough for me in a way, though, because like I'm not kidding you, that like dominated my like I I'm not scared of their basement anymore, but like I still have reservations about the basement, very like in the back of my head because of that. And like he showed it to me in the closet, and I was like, oh my god. And I always wondered if I made that up in my head, but no, there was a my pet monster in the closet. I mean, I'm that, glad that that's... <laughs> we've <laughs> cleared that up. I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's that's kind of the the magic of of this podcast, though, is that we we are like looking back at the films that kind of stuck out as a kid and especially like revisiting movies that maybe you hadn't watched in a while. Triggering these different memories is just I think that's what's so great about art. But you aren't the only one that was terrified of Poltergeist. We also got 
a response from Charlie at uh, Gouldy Ghoul. Is that how you say his? Just Twitter Gould Ghoul. Gould Ghoul. Gould Ghoul. Um, and we'll play that right now. Hi. I um just wanted to say hi, and I love the <laughs> podcast, but. Charlie the blonde hair. The first time I saw the poltergeist, which was when I was around 12. I don't know. I was pretty young. Um, and I was just getting into horror movies to a certain degree. And I kept begging my dad to watch it. And he kept telling me that I would be too scared. Um, <laughs> but he finally let me. And I thought I was so cool and handling it so well. And, you know, I don't remember too much except I've always hated clowns. Since <laughs> always. And I've always had a really terrified, um, I've always been terrified of looking under my bed at night, you know, I would cover my toes at night because I thought something was going to grab me and I thought shadows were monsters. So mm-hmm. that scene with the fucking clown, that fucking clown scarred me for life. <laughs> it really did. And then the scene, um, with the dad and he's, like, ripping his face off. It was sort of the first time I'd seen, like, practical oh, yes. special effects. And I wasn't ready for how good they were going to be or how real they were going to look. Because before that, I'd only seen, like, The Sixth Sense. I was like, pshaw. <laughs> and I, I just... <laughs> the thing I remember the most is it literally hiding in my dad's shoulder. Like, Aww. hiding my face and being so terrified of everything happening. Which is the first time I was really scared in, like, watching a movie. Wow. wow. So I I'll remember that forever. As you do. I Oh my you god. You always remember that first scare. It- you really do. And like that okay. Last week I know we talked about maybe the jelly face not holding up, but I mm-hmm. am still terrified of that movie. Like it's just that moment especially. And it's like it's just so goopy. Like you forget how goopy that movie is. But like he pulls off his face and then when like they're birthed out of this out of the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like such a goopy, goopy experience. Uh, yeah the 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 falling out of the ceiling. It it watching it again for it it felt kind of appropriate for talking about Possessor because yes. it's so it's so goopy. It's so, so goopy. goopy. So goopy. Just thinking back to like young me watching horror movies and how like scared I used to get, and now I'm just like, let me watch one at one in the morning. It'll be fine. <laughs> It's so funny how I've just, like, evolved into just, like, very desensitized. Yeah. But just because I'm desensitized to certain things, you're not desensitized from spiders. <laughs> Even though, like, because you talked about arachnophobia. Oh. <laughs> and I had never seen arachnophobia, and I loved it. But also I'm seeing it as, like, an adult. So I'm like, oh, this is kind of silly, but it's really fun. It's not fun. I know. I'm sorry. I'm just not scared of spiders like you are. I'm sorry. Uh, that was the one movie that, like, I mean, I mean, it kind of is what started this whole thing. But it's also the movie that I was least looking forward to to rewatching because oh, I just, you... I just can't. I can't. You ripped the bandaid off and got it done first. <laughs> like, let's just get this over with now, and then I never have to watch it again. <laughs> yes. Uh, it um. I mean, like, like I said, I is I haven't even listened to our episode since it it first aired, but it I didn't have. I mean, I had arachnophobia before I watched that movie. It just gave me more ways of being afraid of spiders. Yeah, I will say that scene where it crawls through the popcorn or out of the popcorn is truly horrific. 
I mean, yeah, that one is horrific. The it coming down from the lampshade is horrific. It hiding behind the toilet seat is horrific. It falling dead out of a box of cereal is horrific. It's a horrific movie, Mary Beth. I'm sorry. I know. No, is. don't apologize. <laughs> live your live your truth, Terry. I understand. And it's it's funny because uh, we got actually two responses for this movie. Um <laughs> the first one was from uh JD Gravat uh who said the following. Hey Terry and Mary Beth. Uh my name's JD. I am a huge huge fan of you guys and the show. Um you're fucking badasses and it's honestly the highlight of my Monday every day. It's Aww. the best way to start a week at work every week. Um hey, I wanted I love to that. talk that to you guys briefly about arachnophobia. Because that was the movie that the second I found your podcast, I was like, there has to be an episode about this. Oh, there was. Uh, honestly, there's a ton <laughs> in that movie that absolutely terrified me. But the thing that really, really did it was the spider crawling out of the nose. And that was something I saw on screen <laughs> way too young. Um, and even now to this day, as a six foot eight, 300 plus pound grown adult man, I can't look You're at spiders. Six, eight? Um, I was just watching Holy that shit. new devil all the time movie and there's a spider scene and i had to cover my eyes the second they came on the screen like i can't listen handle it. And it's <laughs> i love it you know due to this movie like as a kid i remember before this like picking up daddy long leg spiders letting them crawl over me and stuff and like can't even look at them now it's crazy um so this one absolutely for sure scarred me for life um again love the podcast love you guys uh hope to hear this on the show can't wait thanks Listen, you know, I am a 39 year old adult and I cannot watch a real spider on my on a TV. It was a problem this uh, summer when I was because I was hosting the these Netflix parties and we watched uh, the babysitter and there is an extended sequence, two of them, in fact, underneath the house where there's a bunch of giant spiders and i just had to like basically close my eyes through it because i cannot i cannot look at them even till this day if there is a, a movie with a spider in it i will not look at it uh, up the bly manor has a scene with the spider in it and i'm like well i'm not watching this scene i just i can't do it so jd i am on your side i completely understand the one thing i will say is that i don't have a problem with daddy long legs i don't know why they i guess it's because they don't oh. really have the the traditional spider shape. So they don't like, okay. I, I don't, I don't think I could pick one up right now, but like they don't terrify me in the same way that any other spider big or small <laughs> would huh. do. It's weird. It's very weird. I'm just thinking about daddy long legs now. And for some reason they freak me out more than real spiders. It just looks like they're just like all legs, like a tiny little round thing. Like what the I fuck is so, that? I think they're kind of cute. They I are. Don't know. So the thing is like, they are cute. I'm like, I'm good with them, but I don't want them on my body. I mean, no. I don't want any spider on my body. But I'm getting itchy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it coming out of the nose, I completely forgot about that moment. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my god, wait, can I tell a story about spiders really quick? Yeah. <laughs> I, this made me remember that Oh, this is gonna make me sick. Um I was at my dad's house like an apartment and in the middle of the night I felt this weird sensation on me and I was like, <laughs> What is that? And it was a giant fucking spider crawling <laughs> on my head. No <gasps> Crawling on your head? Yes. No. 
and then I, I threw it off and then didn't know where it went and then I couldn't sleep and I was like screaming well, yeah. and my dad didn't wake up so I was just like alone in a bedroom just like is this how I die because <laughs> <laughs> a big fucking spider I was like nope nope that's un- that's ungodly like that is not okay <laughs> so you know I I know that I told the story on on the first episode about um having dreams about spiders coming down from the ceiling and whatnot, but I don't think I told the story about that just came to me just with you talking about the giant spider on your head. Like when when I was young, my my brother, we would like kind of prank each other at night would like you and the, your brother hmm, yeah shocking <laughs> i know so like when the lights are out if someone came out of like taking a, the nightly shower or whatever we w- he would walk into you know a dark the dark hallway and there was no light switch next to the bathroom and so we would like jump out at each other try to scare each other and there's one time where like i was actually in bed and i was i wasn't thinking about scaring him and he like came out of the bathroom and just stopped and I'm sitting there in, in my bed and I had like a good view of, of where he was standing. And I'm like snickering to myself because I know that he thinks I in my mind, he was thinking that I was going to jump out and scare him. But no, there was a giant wolf spider that was like <gasps> standing in front of him. He, he didn't know how to get past it. And so it like, I don't know, this is maybe one in the morning. We are chasing around this giant wolf spider with a broom trying to kill it because neither of us would be able to sleep. Yeah. My Those toes, are nasty. Like, my toes, like involuntarily, just curled into my like my foot. I was like, Ugh. because I used to. Oh my god, another spider story. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> I used to go to summer camp, um, in the woods of Maryland, which is Ugh. hysterical. Um, and we, it was like normal that there would be wolf spiders in the latrines because, like, we had porta potties. Oh, like, Lord. we weren't going to normal bathrooms. And they're like, oh yeah, this is just a you know the spider that hangs out. And I couldn't pee. I like was terrified to pee at night, especially because I was so scared it was going to crawl on my butt and go up my butt. <laughs> it never happened. But like, I'm that sorry. You know of, are we actually talking to a spider that's controlling Mary Beth? We don't know. Oh my god, stop! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I've been a spider this whole time. <laughs> I mean, that'd be the ultimate irony, right? The thing that I fear oh. as a person I've talked to every week. <laughs> Fuck me. Um, this has been exposure therapy. Right? Is this, wait, is this a long con spider? Yes. Is this what mm-hmm. this is all about? Yes, this Leading is exactly this what it is. Yes. My spider knew when I was in middle school that I would meet you and... <laughs> <laughs> Wolf spiders are, are fucking scary, though. They're, They're large. They're so big. They have really like, long legs. And they're hairy. They're hairy. They they're like a miniature one of, got, one of them hissed at me, and I don't know if no. that's actually true, but I I swear that it hissed at me. But, you know, that could be me making shit up, but I'm going to stand by my statement. It hissed Ugh. at me. So, speaking of arachnophobia, we have another <laughs> we have another story about arachnophobia. <laughs> From Jessica Scott at We Who Walk Here, um, and about her experience with arachnophobia. Yes, we do. I'm nervous. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name's Jessica. Um, happy one year anniversary to Scarred for Life podcast. Hi, Congratulations, Terry and Mary Beth. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to share a story about arachnophobia. Um, I'm not sure if my fear of spiders came before or after I watched this movie, but I do know <laughs> that it scared the shit out of me. Join the club. Um, I watched it when it came out, so I was pretty young. But I moved as an adult to uh, rural Tennessee. Oh, no. And there oh. were spiders 
everywhere. Oh, um, no. I remember one morning I walked out the door and walked right into the biggest spider web I've ever seen in my life. It was in my hair. It was all over my face. Ugh. And I just had a panic attack because I was right back in the movie walking into that gigantic spider no. web. Fucking web. Um, and I obviously destroyed the spider web and after I calmed down went about my day. But the next morning, that same damn spider had built a web over the front of the front door again. So I got in the habit of kind of karate chopping my way out of the front door every morning, much to oh my, my neighbor's delight, of course. Oh, my God. Um, there were a lot of animals <laughs> that attacked in uh, the rural area I lived. I had to start carrying an umbrella because birds were dive bombing me as well. So I would karate chop my way out the front door and then carry an umbrella to my car. Um, so needless to say, I moved away from there. I haven't had any experiences with the spider webs, knock on wood. Um, but I still get a little antsy when I leave my front door and kind of, you know, wave my arms around to make sure I'm not going to get spider <laughs> web silk in my hair and on my face. And God, it even got in my mouth at one point. So it was very traumatic. Nightmare. Um, I very much sympathize with Terry's abject fear of this movie because I... Rewatched it recently to record this and had to get more than a little drunk to be able to make my way through it. Um, but Girl, I love the podcast. Same. Congratulations on your anniversary and thanks so much. Thank uh-huh. you, Jessica. Thank you. Wait, also, I need to know more information about where she lived where there's like dive bombing <laughs> birds. Like, dive bombing birds. I can understand like the spider web, I guess, but like dive bombing birds, like what the hell? It's like an, it's a Hitchcock movie. <laughs> That is wild. You know, it's funny. It brings to mind, I still karate chop my way ahead of myself when I'm walking through an area where there could be like spiders um, or spider webs. Uh, I, in my, in my garage in particular, I have a, I have a detached garage from, from the home and there are spiders that I, I know are living in there, even though I spray it with poison on a constant basis but <laughs> there was one time where i walked in between like uh the post that's holding up the garage and my car and i got a spider web on my face and it freaked me the fuck out and so every single time i go to my car now i am again probably to the delight of my neighbors like jessica said i am karate chopping my way to my car to like Although it's 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 not so much a brave karate chop as it is like me frantically waving in front of me because I don't want to have it touch any other part of my body. So I can I can relate to that. I can relate. I can relate. <laughs> not to the dive bombing birds. I don't think that, I've ever yeah, been dive bombed. That one I'm not. That's, that one. That that's one's a whole old, other. That's a unique situation that I'm not really sure. <laughs> that's that's. So, the cool thing about this podcast is that. Well, one of the cool things, there are a lot of cool things, but one of the coolest things is, you know, we've been able to revisit movies as well as see some movies for the first time and also have some amazing conversations with some amazing people. My favorite, I think one of my favorite episodes was talking to Drew Phillips about Psycho, especially when she was telling the story about the haunted basement at her grandparents' house. And she said one of my all-time favorite quotes from the show, you and what ghost. And she (laughs) is just, it was such a fun conversation. She knew, she knows so much about Hitchcock and so much about like cinema in general. And it was such a treat to get to talk to her about Psycho. And also she was cracking me the fuck up with all of her stories. So that was one of my favorite episodes. Yes. I, uh, I love that episode. And Drew is just, like you said, a wealth of knowledge. Um, 
<laughs> you know, it's 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 kind of hard thinking back on like a favorite episode for me. I mean, they kind of like all of our, our darlings, right? Yes. But I I will say that I did have a couple really fantastic discussions. I loved talking with April Wolf about Black Christmas. Oh, that was so cool. I feel like that was one of our big like one of our first big interviews and I was just like ecstatic to talk to her and like not just about Cujo, but about just like being involved in that project. It was just so cool and she's just so kind. Well, and she was very um open and she was very, you know, willing to discuss the kind of backlash around it and kind of discuss what went into creating it and yeah. I just it it was it was a discussion where it's not so much someone coming on to do PR or anything like that. It was just a frank and honest conversation and I I really loved it. Um, I also really liked Amy Simitz's very oh darkly comedic story about wanting to shoot her father's ashes into the sky with a rocket. <laughs> like, <laughs> I... <sighs> obsessed with her. She was so fun. To, like, one, obsessed with her movie, but also, like, she is just so darkly funny and is just, like, so like open and honest, which I loved. And just, like... Shooting her father out of a rocket? Like, I kind of love it. Yeah, and it was before we even recorded, you and I were talking, because, like, I didn't want to insult her by saying that I thought her movie was really funny, but I thought it was really... We're talking about She Dies Tomorrow. I thought it was really darkly comedic, and she's... So we're like, we want to kind of bring it up, but it's also one of those things where, like, you don't want to tell someone that, and they're like, no, I meant it, you know, dead serious. (laughs) You're like, (laughs) oh, shit. (laughs) And the way she, like, was like... Yeah, uh, it it just it was very it. She has a very dark wit to her, and I I loved it. I loved it so much. Uh, so the other one is is Andrew Scott Bell when he he came prepared for the episode and just started fucking playing music live during her recording, like, like casual. <laughs> it's so casual, and he started playing the ET theme, and it immediately brought me back to like like it was like this like calming sensation of just sitting there and like. Oh, it brought me back. I know. And it was just like so cool to have like everybody was like, all right, I'm gonna like play music and I have this whole setup and I was like, Oh, this is gonna be so cool. And it was so cool and just It was so amazing. And that was be that was like off the cuff me being like, I wanna talk to a composer on the podcast. And <laughs> I was like, I want it. And it was just so cool to get to talk to him. And, you know, he's scored a lot of work by people that we know and have talked to, like Sam Wyman. Mm-hmm. And it was just so cool to get to, you know, hear from the mind of someone who makes music for horror movies. And it was just so cool to learn about that. Cause I, I like don't understand how you compose music. So right. getting to talk to him about that was just such a, tr- like a treat. I know that sounds cheesy, but like it was such a treat. And especially cause he was playing the music. Oh yeah. But I mean, that's kind of like been one of our guiding things is that we want to talk to a variety of different people, you yeah. know, that don't necessarily like we want to talk to a composer. We wanted to talk to someone that that was doing cross stitch and like, you know, or not cross stitch, but doing like designing little horror figurines. Oh, the crochet. Out of the cro- crochet. D- yeah, crochet. There we go, Terry. Yeah, I'll get there. I don't know needles <laughs> and things. <laughs> but like I you know, it's it's those things that like interest us. Yeah. And like, you know, everyone has such a unique and awesome perspective. And I think it's Mm -hmm. been awesome to talk to people, too, that like may not have been on as many podcasts and just like sharing everyone's voice in the horror community. So that's just been really cool. So 
what movie i you know it's kind of this is kind of a loaded question because i feel like you've saw this podcast has like made you see a lot of new movies it but... did because i'm a child like, <laughs> like i'm so you can say compared to me i get well, it no compared to like most the most of the guests we've talked to grew up in the 80s and i grew up in the 90s yeah. and like a lot of the movies i watch are like more recent and so i've gotten but this has been an amazing experience to get me to watch some of these horror classics like it has been an amazing way to like motivate me to watch these movies and fill some holes in my knowledge, especially after talking about New Nightmare with Josh Anderson. Mm. That got me to watch the entire Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, and I'm obsessed with it. I am obsessed with it. And it's one of those things where I told told Josh, is like, I am glad that this podcast exists at least for this reason alone. <laughs> Solely for getting me to watch all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. But they're so good. And I think just – I said this before on the podcast. Like, when I was younger, I just don't think I had an appreciation for horror history. And, you know, now I obviously have a better appreciation for it. And watching these movies is just so cool and so amazing to see how they laid groundwork for things and also how they, like, interpreted, like, the cultural moment. So, yeah. I mean, that was such a cool thing to revisit. Um, not to revisit, Jesus. Visit for the first time. My, uh, one of my other favorites was when we talked to Rob Sheridan about communion, oh. which communion is is like <laughs> literally not one of my favorite movies because it is absolutely insane. And it's not supposed <laughs> it's to so be. Weird. Like, it's not supposed to be so insane, but it was so much fun to talk about how campy and bizarre it was. Yeah. Because it is so weird. And just like Christopher Walken dan- like dancing with the aliens. What are you like? Are you old? I yell at my cat now. Like I yell, I quote communion at my cats all the time. It just makes no fucking sense, and it was so awesome to get to experience that because I don't know if I ever would have watched that without him bringing it to the show. No, and now I've watched it and I'm obsessed with it. And I even wrote an article about how it's a camp masterpiece. So yeah. you know, I love that. And then my other, my last favorite. Or not my last favorite, because I've really, you know, it's hard to pick, but Nina Nesseth came on to our show to talk about Little Shop of Horrors. And I was like, obviously very familiar with it, but had never seen it all the way through. And oh my God, talk about campy goodness. Like, Little Shop, Little Shop of Horrors. Like, yeah. it was just so much fun to watch. And I love the ending. Yes. <laughs> like this super yes. nihilistic ending. It's so good. And it was, it's so, I love horror comedies and I don't think I give them enough appreciation. So it was just so cool to watch that and really dig into like the class, the classism of the movie. Mm-hmm. And, um, actually Nina called in and left us a little message to congratulate us and also talk more about Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. So let's give that a listen. Hey, Mary Beth and Terry, this is Nina Nesseth, and I wanted to wish you a big congratulations on one year of Scarred for Life. Thank you. It was really cool to be a guest during your first year. Um, Digging through Little Shop of Horrors with you did not cure me of my fear of Audrey 2, and now I have the added bonus of trying to figure out why Terry thinks Audrey 2 looks kind of phallic, so thanks for that. Um, I love your podcast, and I look forward to everything that you have in store. I forgot. I totally forgot we had that conversation about Audrey 2 making phallic. I did too. But listen, <laughs> Audrey 2 is the shape of a penis. I'm sorry. It is. What kind of penises are you looking at, Terry? Don't answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> 
It is. It is shaped as a penis. I'm sorry. It is. It, I mean, it is the but head for of truth, a penis. But also, okay. I mean, I thought vaginal, but you know. Well, I and that might be that might be why it's it's so creepy is that it mixes both. But I'm telling you, it especially in some pictures that I have found online. Don't ask me why I went looking for pictures of, of penis Audrey too, but it looks like a giant penis. I'm sorry, it does. I just am like shocked that you like why would you google that that's so terrible like i don't even want to know well <laughs> i googled it because of the show because i was like I, I was like it looks like a penis and so i wanted to pull up images for it but yeah it does i'm telling you you, yeah. you make it a little pink you turn its mouth the opposite direction <laughs> it's a penis <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's why I love this show. It's just like unhinged, <laughs> amazing, like delight. So my my favorite episodes, moving on from penis talk, uh, is um being able to have a reason, I guess, to watch the entity. We watched that for Joshua oh, Pond. Yeah. Cause like I don't know if I would ever watch that movie because it's Yeah. It's kind of a it's a very like dark subject and it's just not something that interests me so much, but I was glad that we were able to watch it and kind of see the way that it, it tackled the way people failed women. Yeah. Continue to fail women. I didn't think it was gonna be so um nuanced in a way no it like i you know unfortunately i'm just expecting kind of like a patriarchal misogynist thing where it's like you a crazy bitch but it it like it takes that kind of similar format of the exorcist like having Mm -hmm. her talking to professionals but is more on her side and we get her perspective and the frustration yeah and also just like what a terrifying perspective on sexual assault like what that's just absolutely horrific and the fact that it's based on a true story yeah. Yeah. But I mean, again, a movie that I also probably wouldn't have watched, but we got to experience it. And I'm so glad I did because Barbara Hershey is phenomenal. Chef's kiss. She's amazing. And the, to kind of go from that to the opposite end of the spectrum, the other movie that I was excited to watch for the first time was The Gate because <laughs> it was one of those movies that I was never allowed to watch as a kid, weirdly enough, even though it was like PG-13 and I had watched some pretty horrific movies at that point. I was never allowed to see it. And so being able to watch that and talk about it with, with Amy Simons in particular was uh, was a treat. It was such a treat. And that movie was really cool. It's actually really good. It's really I think good. it holds up. I think so, too. Again, like, these kind of kids-aimed horror movies, way creepier than you would expect. Yeah, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, so what... What movie were you, or movies were you happy to revisit for the podcast? I'm curious. To no one's surprise, The Last Unicorn. <laughs> um, I obviously love this movie more than both Rob Dean, our guest, and Terry, and I have a lot of attachments to this movie, but I was so excited to get to talk about it as an adult and rewatch it and really dig into it a little bit more than just like, I like unicorns, um, <clears throat> which was the perspective I had as a four-year-old, and really looking at like the gender dynamics of that and... You know, I get it. It's kind of like a long American music video, but I don't care. Um, so that was so fun to get to talk about that movie as an adult and like discuss about it. And 
you know, I never thought someone would pick that movie. So I'm just no. like, was so happy that someone did. And I was like, Rob, thank you. This is all I want to talk about is the last <laughs> unicorn. Hey, that and movie big was titty so trees. bizarre. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's big titty trees. Bizarre. I constantly quote the pirate cat that just goes purr, purr, like doesn't <laughs> purr. And it makes me laugh every time. Um, and then I was really excited to revisit Pet Cemetery. Oh, yeah. Um, we were visited that with the director of the Beach House, Jeff Brown. Mm-hmm. I think Pet Cemetery is like weirdly one of my favorite movies, and I, I don't think about it at first when I like someone asks me favorite horror movies, but I think I just really love it <laughs> for some reason. Huh. And revisiting it for the podcast really made me realize how much I love it, despite some of its issues. I just really enjoy it, and. I think I'm fascinated with how it handles child death, I think, is part of it. And I don't know why that, like, is such an interesting topic for me in horror movies, but it's such a taboo thing. And I, well, yeah, it's I taboo, love right? it when horror movies try to grapple with it. And I think that's one of the reasons why I enjoy it so much. So those were just, like, two of ones that I was so happy to revisit. What about you, Terry? Um, for me, it was really reconsidering 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, that was so good. Because it, I went from really despising it when I saw it with, with my brother in the the least ideal situation, which was on a couch after drinking some alcoholic beverages while a dog was <laughs> running around and people were coming in and out and taking the dog outside. And it was just not the ideal situation to watch a – gosh – how long was it? Is, is like it almost two three and a half hours? Hour, like two, two and a half, half hours? hours? Something like that. Revisiting it with a more keen eye and also having no distractions was – it It kind of changed my opinion on the movie. Well, it did definitely change my opinion on the movie. And I, I think that's that's phenomenal. I, I, I think it's a, a lot better movie than I originally gave it credit for, especially since, <laughs> as Greg knows, Greg Mucci knows – I'm not the biggest Kubrick fan. <clears throat> Shiny. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and then the other one is um, The Ring. I. It's a movie that I remember really that really freaked me out, and I would use to freak out my friends a whole lot when when it first came out, and being able to go back and look at it and see sort of a lot of the, the tropes and a lot of the things that would start for the next decade kind of start with that Americanized uh, remake of the, a Japanese film. It just, it was kind of special to, to revisit it. Yeah. And so that's funny. Cause I know you talked about how like you couldn't watch the gate and then Charlie mentioned in his message about like begging his parents to watch poltergeist, the ring and the grudge, um, I don't know if they actually came out at the same time, around the same time, but... They did within like a year or two of each other. So those movies were two movies that I was obsessed with, but it was like right on the cusp of when I could really handle like horror movies. Mm. So I never saw The Ring until that episode because I was so nervous to watch it right. because the trailer scared me. And I had seen, like I built up the grudge in my head for so long and finally watched it and had to turn it off when they found like her ripped off lower jaw. <laughs> But it was yeah. just so funny revisiting the ring and re- and like remembering how like the terror that movie instilled in me and I never saw it. That's such a powerful thing that a movie can do that. Like no yeah. matter your opinion of if it's something is good or bad, like you can't deny the emotional response it gets from you, especially as a kid. So it's just 
it is again like keep saying this like the podcast has been such an interesting revisitation of like all of the things that scared me as a kid and like how I've evolved as a movie viewer. It's really awesome. I I agree completely. And we also did receive um funnily enough a comment from um, I think her name is is Tav, and she left us a message about The Ring. Hi, guys. So the movie that scarred me for life was The Ring. My uncle actually took me and my two cousins to go watch it, and I was 12. Mm. So we oh, saw boy. it in theaters, and I it just scared the shit out yep. of me. You know, those <laughs> jump scares where she's in the closet, you see her face. Oh, but yeah. what scared me the most was the video, because it's like... Such random scenes oh, and yeah. objects that are not scary, yeah. but the atmosphere that it created just scared the di- living daylights out of me. Um, so after we actually watched the movie, I was so scared. My cousins had to walk me into my house, put me to bed, oh. made sure I was asleep, and then they left oh. because I was so freaked out to be alone. I love them. Like, it was crazy. But yeah, that's the movie that scarred me. And you guys are doing a great job. I love the podcast. You guys are so great. And I mm. love listening to you guys every week. You're a part of my gym routine. I always yes. listen to you guys. When oh my God, I love it. Um, keep up with the great work. And I'm so excited for your first anniversary. And I hope you guys have way more to come. Thank you. Okay. Aww. Is it weird that I'm excited that we're part of someone's gym routine? No, I think that's amazing. <laughs> I, I love, love being, hearing that. I love hearing Between that. that and- and how JD starts his work week, I think that's I think that's awesome. That I love it's, that so much. It makes me blush. Like I, I know. it makes me so happy. Uh, so so <clears throat> she mentioned the video of the ring. I have a mm. enamel pin that I'm staring at right now from Creepy Company. That is a TV, and it has Samara coming out of the well in the pin. Oh, yeah. And I want to do one day, maybe if I can think of like a, the best angle, talk about like found footage aesthetics in the ring. And, like, the analysis of footage – and that's probably been done before. Like, it's not a new concept, but I think it's such a cool use of, like, film versus other technology. But that's me being an adult not being terrified (laughs) of it as a child. You know what, though, is that I remember vividly being terrified of the the images because they're so – they're so random and yet at the same time, there's some – there's, like, a a darkness and an edge to them that just – feels incredibly oppressive yeah so i and i i was gosh when did that come out i i think that was like 2000 maybe 2002 2002 wow Mm -hmm. so i mean i i was 21 and when this came out and yet it's still i can't imagine seeing it as a as a 12 year old especially with some of the the more surreal images in there like some of that kind of stuff just like i don't know even as a 21 year old it kind of seeped into my brain and and stuck there yeah. And it's so funny because I watched – I caught one part of the movie and it was the one part of the movie I didn't want to see. And it was when the horse jumped off of the ferry and gets oh. sucked under the motor. God. For some reason, that was like the most traumatizing thing for me because it was like terrifying. But at the same time, like a hor- – like it just – the horse jumping off of the boat made no sense in my head. So I was like, what? what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> Plus, they're just like majestic animals and they sort of like represent the very innocence, right? And so this – innocent being is leaping off of the ferry it's i do kind of hate horses though oh really i've had bad experience i have bad experience with horses that's the only reason gotcha that makes sense (laughs) they're big and they're scary and they're they're just the potential for injury with them is too is too great 
Oh, well, yeah. See, there you go with the logic. Whereas <laughs> me, it's like, I don't care how big a spider is. It's wanting to kill me. So, I mean, at least <laughs> your thing kind of makes sense. Big horse, no thank you. Horse, throw me off. No thank you. I'll never again. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So we talked – so Tab talked about The Ring, but there's a couple other movies that um, we've talked about that people have written in – not really written in, but uh, sent in some responses. So Johnny Donaldson sent in a little um, something something about Child's Play. So yeah. we can start that. All right. Hi, Terry. Hi, Mary Beth. Hi, Johnny. My name is Johnny Donaldson. Johnny. I write for Daily Grindhouse, and I you just sure wanted do. to submit my own – a recording to you for your anniversary special. I want to talk to you about Child's Play, which Sam Weinman actually talked about on his episode of your show. Yeah. I just want to relate an anecdote about how when I was a child, I had wandered out into my parents' living room. This was when we still had HBO to find the end sequence of Child's Play playing. My mom was asleep chair. I was way too young for this. This was probably 89, 90, 91, somewhere around then. I wandered out and saw Catherine Hicks's character burning <laughs> Chucky alive in a fireplace. And then yeah. his burned, scarred body <laughs> flinging out to attack her and Chris Sarandon. Yeah. I remember this distinctly because at the same time I had a My Buddy doll, which was the oh, yeah. real-life equivalent to the good guy dolls that were in the sh um, in Child's Play. I immediately took that My Buddy doll and put it in my closet for several years <laughs> because I was so traumatized by Child's Play. Uh, it was one of the only scary movies to actually scare me, even as a child. Uh, but I thought it would be a worthwhile and funny anecdote to tell you that I had a doll that was Chucky-sized that scared the living bejesus out of me because I decided to wander out of the bedroom when my mom had fallen asleep in the middle of the night yeah. with the TV still on to witness Child's Play playing on the TV and I was scared because my buddy doll was going to attack me and kill That's me fair. in the middle yep. of, in the middle of the mm -hmm. night. So I wanted to share that with you for your one year anniversary. I'm jealous that Sam Weinman got to be able to talk about his experiences with that movie before I was able to, but I figured you both and him would be amused that he is not alone and being frightened to death of mass market plastic dolls <laughs> of a certain type. Thank you and congratulations on your one year anniversary. Thanks, Johnny. Yeah, I, I mean, I talked last episode about being terrified of my pet monster at, at night, even though he was a friendly monster and there's no movie for me to be terrified of it with so i can understand if i had my buddy doll wanting to toss him in the closet i completely get that 100 yes. i mean like i this was the first that was the first time i'd ever watched child's play but like i feel like we all know about chucky and like we all are terrified of chucky even if we haven't seen the movie like he's so steeped in our like horror and like our culture our cultural knowledge 
She was the podcast cat. She was pissed I was gone. She was at the door screaming. And I was like, Steve, just let her in. Like, she's freaking out. Whatever. She's a nightmare. I love her to death. I love her. So, okay. So Johnny talked about Child's Play. And we also have a message from Richard Waters, who is the director of an amazing found footage film called In a Stranger's House. He left us a message about House on Haunted Hill, which we watched with, for BJ, Calendula's Yeah, episode? for BJ. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I really want to talk to him um, at some point too, I know. in the so future. So if you're listening, Richard, we're going to message you about you on the, having you on the podcast. <laughs> Don't listen to this part, especially with your accent. <laughs> okay, you can start listening again. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, I can't. I'm sorry. I, I'm incorrigible. It's amazing. Happy first birthday. It takes an awful lot to make a podcast for a year and an awful yes, lot more to make one that's worth listening to for a year. You guys take both of those boxes and you're all done. Aww. It's been so good discovering the podcast over the last few months, getting this fresh perspective on everything. And it's been even more mind-blowing to actually find some other people out there who have the same kinder trauma from House on Haunted Hill that I have. Just never forget Tay Diggs standing over that blood vat and like, what is going on? <laughs> but anyway, congratulations on making it to a year. You guys... Are doing great. Here's to a hundred more. Much love from Ireland. Oh, I love Ireland. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love Ireland. I do. I really want to visit there sometime. Mm-hmm. Find myself an Irish bloke. <laughs> I mean, you know, but uh, yeah, I, I, House on Haunted Hill, I think is. I, I really think that those early Dark Castle pictures that they were redoing were a lot of fun. And I think that movie really holds up today. I know. And again, another one I hadn't seen, but I was like, absolutely loved. I was like, this is so fucked up and cool. Like, oh my God. It was so fun to watch. And it's like, I think I said this on the episode, but it's like the perfect movie to watch on a movie night with friends who maybe aren't as into horror movies, but it's like yeah. fun and scary. And it was just so cool to get to Again, experience that and really just like revel in the beautiful nineties-ness of the film. Yeah. Yeah. And it it's just like a roller coaster, sort of like the roller coaster at the very beginning very beginning of the movie. It just just goes and it's 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 a lot of fun. It I, is a lot of fun. I yeah, I remember I remember I vividly remember seeing that movie theaters. I love it. We also had people write in about movies we haven't discussed, um, one of which was um, Andreas Peterson, who was back on um, one of our early, very early episodes with uh, his, well, his director. He was the writer for and the director of Attack of the Demons. Yeah. And he came in with a movie that I have never even heard of. Um, <laughs> I, so. Yes, this will be very interesting. Hi, Scarred for Life. Hi, this is Hi Andreas. Andreas Peterson guest on episode 10 and i just want to congratulate you on one year of great it sounds like i'm being sarcastic i'm not being sarcastic (laughs) it's been an an amazing year for your podcast and i'm uh so excited for how you know everything y'all have done in the past year and i really wanted to quickly talk about another movie that i imagined would never really come up on the show 
is uh, 1983's Unico in the Island of Magic, <laughs> which is a Japanese cartoon from 1983 based on the Unico manga. Uh, and if you have ever wanted to see a movie where you take the most adorable baby unicorn character and watch them be screamed at by a floating ball of hatred who <laughs> turns everyone that the unicorn loves into a walking puppet, uh, like a wooden puppet, and then he uses them to build a giant fortress out of them, the like fuck? as building materials. Boy, have I got a movie for you. What the fuck? Do yourself a favor, search out uh, Unico in the Island of Magic. Uh, you can find it different ways, or you can buy the Outer Print Blu-ray for like $200. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, like I said, great show. Love you guys. Uh, here's to another year and many more why not bye <laughs> andreas i love you i love him i cannot I, wait to watch this movie it sounds so weird and amazing like the poster i'm looking at is just like a little unicorn with wings just <laughs> <It's> flying so- <laughs> yeah <laughs> that sounds it does like not, horrifying though like the- it really does wow i have never heard of this before ever and i kind of want to seek it out i know and find it somehow Complete streaming somewhere. Oh, it says it's included with Prime. Oh, sweet. Okay, I will be watching Unico. Also, I love it when movies like take their character and take what they are, like a unicorn, and just take a couple letters off, and that's the name. Unico. Oh, like I didn't if- even get that. I didn't even get it. <laughs> I was like, man, that sounds like a gas station. <laughs> episode is just a lot of giggles and i'm obsessed with it um so next up we have a message from tony kaufman oh tony who we love who has enjoys the same kind of fucked up movies that i do um we have a clip from him talking about final destination and i have never watched a final destination movie wait what like any of them Mm-mm. what mm-hmm <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I broke it. I've broken Terry. This is it. But finally, this is the one thing I, I haven't seen that's broken Terry. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know why I'm surprised, but I, I am. I mean, wow. I know. And it's like a blind spot I've been meaning to fill. So maybe I'll do that this month as part of Halloween. Who knows? But Well, no, I think I think you should try to wait it out for us to get a guest on. That's I true. I want to hear your that's reactions. True. Like. Like live as they're happening. Well, like and I, I know what they are. I've seen click funny clip, like not funny. That's not a good way to describe it. I've seen the wild clips, like like you know the the um rebar on the back of the truck, like that. I'm oh, still yeah. terrified of that, even though I haven't seen the movie. So, wow. Meow. Hold on a second. Wow. There's a train going by and she's screaming at the door. Let me let her out real quick. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> she's a pain in my ass. Okay. I love her. I know. So this is Tony's submission about Final Destination. Hey, Mary Beth. Hey, Terry. It's Tony. I just wanted to say that I love you guys. I love this podcast. I love literally every single thing you guys do. You guys are amazing. This whole community you guys have is just amazing. I've made so many friends because of you guys. 
yeah, so Final Destination 2 straight up traumatized me as a child. <laughs> um, I watched it when I was 10, I think. Oh, boy. I think that's, like, when it came out on, on DVD around that time. I actually think we had maybe the VHS copy. The first Final Destination was one of the first movies I apparently ever watched. I was told that I watched it when I was, like, six. I don't really remember it. Wow. Yeah, the pile-up scene in Final Destination 2 just... Just fucked me up beyond oh, belief. Yeah. Um, I was completely convinced that I was going to die if I was in the car. My mom was going to die. Whoever I cared about that was driving or that was in the car was just going to die. I lived across from the YMCA, and those poor workers there just had to deal with my insane anxiety. <laughs> my mom would leave me home alone whenever she had to like go grocery shopping or something. And after about five minutes, I would just have a straight-up panic attack and Aww. would just start sobbing oh, and Tony. would run across the street and beg to use the YMCA phone <gasps> because Tony. I think our landline wasn't working or something like that. Yeah, I, I did that at least four or five times a week. And oh, my God. <laughs> it was th- – those poor those poor people. <laughs> it, was, it was really bad. I also had to be physically forced into a vehicle whenever we would have to wow. go somewhere. For, I think, at least two or three years. And I would just, like, kick and scream and fight and punch. And it was just it was just really, really, really bad. I mean, I was also super mentally ill at the time and not really mm-hmm. being treated for it. Yeah, I truly think that Final Destination 2 is the reason my anxiety is so bad. Oh, and also oh. the reason why I still do not have my license. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's really the only movie that really fucked me up like that. But it's it's still like I still cannot watch it without getting really really bad anxiety. I actually watched the first one a few years ago, and my best friend, uh, who I, we weren't really we've only we were only really friends for like maybe a month or two at the time. But my best friend was going on a plane to visit his family the night the day after I watched it. I would, yeah, I was, it was a, just a repeat. I was completely convinced that oh, his plane went no. down, that I, I set up just straight up Google alerts for his name, just in case. Oh, jeez. Like, oh, my God. And, yeah, I, I, like, blew the hell up. I blew his phone up. He was just like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> but luckily <laughs> for me, it, like, he wasn't really upset about it or anything. He wasn't annoyed, but he said that uh, it made him get to know me a little bit better and it strengthened our friendship oh so yeah uh shout out to andre i love you man but yeah this has gone on long enough um congrats on the anniversary you guys are amazing i hopefully this goes on for and as long as you guys want it to love you guys and i (laughs) on i honestly hope i can be a guest sometime (laughs) all right see you guys congrats horror movies bringing people closer together and traumatizing them and traumatizing them at the same time. Yes, yeah, true. I mean, that's saying something. You know, the, the thing I love about Tony's taste in, in movies is that he can come up with the weirdest shit that I've never heard of before. Oh, like, my God. Just... I know. We watched Kidnapped the other day. And it's mm-hmm. like this horrific Spanish film that was so good. But, like, he really has, like, fingers on the pulse of, like, the most fucked up shit on the internet. <laughs> And so the fact that this very big, like, commercial <laughs> movie is what, like, traumatized him, this is saying something. I know. I mean, 
you drop like you ask a question like have you guys seen guinea pigs and he's like okay which one you want to talk about like it's like <laughs> he, he sent knows me links to all of them he was like here are the links and i was like tony no i can't do this <laughs> i couldn't do wow. it i haven't done it i think i've just decided that that's like my line i think i yeah. don't i don't know if i can go that extreme i like extreme cinema but i think i think that might be it for me <laughs> <laughs> there was a time where I probably would have chased it, but I'm too old now. <laughs> I don't care. There are like some things I don't really want seared into my brain. Yeah. Like, you know, I have enough weird shit going on up there. So, you know. Uh, so the next one is uh, from someone that wanted to remain anonymous, but I want her to know that I know who she is and I love her to death. And I'm super glad that she listens to the show and that she sent in something. I love you too. I don't know who you are, but I love you. <laughs> hey y'all. I don't remember if there was already an episode about 1991 it, nope. but I do remember that you've not. talked about it um, and touched on creepy clowns in a couple of episodes. <laughs> and yeah, I was one of the many, many kids who was exposed to that way too young. Mm-hmm. I must've been, Two or three, almost three at least. Wow. Oh my God. And I was the oldest. So my dad was like, this is fine, right? <laughs> to watch this uh, <laughs> with a small child in the house. And yeah, it gave me intense cholerophobia oh. for um, 12 years until in theater class we did a clown unit and i had to get over it because of my class um what kind of and now it's fine clowns are still kind of unsettling for me but it's fine but the worst thing about growing up with it is my grandmother loves clowns i don't and she has all these little figurines and i remember like when we would stay there the night just not being able to sleep because I would be so scared that these Mm -hmm. little figuring clowns with their little frozen smiles would come alive in the night. Uh, Utterly horrifying. Anyway, just wanted to share my little scarred for life fear that I'm over now for the most part. Um, But if y'all ever want to talk about volcanoes, hit me up. Love the podcast. <laughs> Love you guys. Bye bye. It's very ominous. Okay. We're gonna talk about volcanoes. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all wanna talk about volcanoes? Sure. I wanna go back to the theater class that had a unit on clowns. Why why I have questions. I mean, like, I guess if you're at the, like, clown, I guess, like, a clown is a type of performance. Like, I had a friend whose dad went okay. to clown college, like, a legit clown school. And I thought it was a joke. I was like, oh, I thought clown college is a fucking joke. No, he went to clown college and learned how to be a clown. And I saw his, like, I met this guy and he was a professional clown, which scares the shit out of wow. me. Why would anyone want to do that? But, like, I guess you got to have them in our society. And also, who the fuck collects clown dolls? I'm so sorry that your grandma did that. That is insane to me that anyone would want to have a collection of those fucking creepy dolls staring at you in your home. I don't get it. I don't get it. I... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Yeah. (laughs) I've never been afraid of clowns, but like, this was all going through my mind. I was like, yeah, they don't bother me, but they've never bothered me. But 
I don't think I, I I love them. I don't know why someone would like collect. There's just clown something figurines. so unsettling about them. I don't know. So maybe it's like an uncanny valley thing where like, yeah, it's a person, yeah. but they don't look like a person. And it's just like over, it's like a human, it's like a human, um, like caricature and it freaks me out. So I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Whew. So <laughs> our next person, uh, was very explicit in, and how we wanted to introduce him. Um, he said in the, in his post, say my name said in the vein of Florence and the machine. So, um, <clears throat> Uh. Say my name. Joe Lipset, I just said your name <laughs> in the tune of Florence and the Machine. And he amazing. <laughs> wanted to talk I love about it. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Hey, Terry and Mary Beth. Happy one-year anniversary, you crazy kids. It's weird because it feels like you literally just started Scarred for Life, and yet here we are, and the time has magically flown by. So when I was on the show, we talked about Ghoulies, but I have to confess that that's not actually the film that scarred me for life. The (gasps) real film that did that, that I would love to hear your thoughts on, is the original Indiana Jones film, Raiders of the Lost Ark, when they open the Ark of the Covenant and everybody's Uh faces melt off. So if you haven't talked about that on the pod, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, that movie, that, that scared, like, my mom loved Indiana Jones. So we watched all of those movies. Like we had like the special DVDs. Like my family was not the kind of people that had like box sets. We had the special edition Indiana Jones movies. Mm. And I don't remember much about Raiders of the Lost Ark except for being absolutely terrified of them melting off the faces. But also when he's like trying to get to the Ark of the Covenant with like I think he's like stepping on rocks. Is that is that happening in that oh that's at the last crusade. <laughs> that was the last crusade. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> oh, I'm getting my I'm getting my fucking my fucking Indiana Jones movies mixed up. But well, you know anyway. what scared me about that movie? What the opening? There's a fucking spider on his back. <laughs> That's right. Like they have to like he's like don't move, and he has to use a whip to like knock off the spiders. Nope, nope, nope. Well, and it's like I I guess. Obviously, I didn't fucking remember Raiders of the Ark very well, but the one that really was awful was Temple of Doom. That movie (laughs) ruined my life. Like, I was watching it, and when they cut open his heart, I'm just like, what's happening? What's going on? And I started, like, kind of freaking out, and then especially with, and then also when they eat the monkey brains. I have this memory. I haven't seen that movie in in forever, but I have this memory of them cutting open a snake and smaller snakes slithering out. Oh, Yeah. I think, and being like, how does that happen? I don't understand this. I think I think that was the first Indiana Jones movie I actually saw. So I think I saw Temple of Doom, and then I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then I saw Last Crusade. I think that was the order in which I watched them. So I thought all the Indiana Jones movies were horror movies. So when I watched <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark, I was, like, prepared for hell. And, like, obviously the end is pretty gross but i was not like i was expecting it to be way more scary than what it was i I was at an age where seeing the the face melting i thought it was more cool than scary um this was like i was i was in love with like special effects of that kind of nature so like it mostly made me go wow how did they do that vice oh my god this is terrifying 
So I get them all kind of like, I think I get Last Crusade and Raiders of the Lost Ark a little bit obviously mixed up in my head. But looking mm. at, yes, oh my goodness, memories. Yeah, I love the ending. I, I always loved it, even growing up. Yeah. Just... It was just a really cool bit of special effect magic yeah. that I loved. So the next person that wrote in was is Patrick Anderson at Finn Horror, and he was he wrote in about a short film that I have never heard of. So we'll we'll see about that right now. Hey Terry, hey Mary Beth, it's Patrick from the podcast. Not suitable for anyone. Uh, just wanted to say congratulations on your one year anniversary. That's uh, that's really exciting. It's a fantastic show, and I think you have some amazing guests. Uh, and I hope you. you guys keep it up. Um, the movie that uh, I wanted to talk about that traumatized me as a child is a short film. It's only about eight minutes long. Uh, it's one that used to air uh, on HBO uh, all the time, uh, and I saw this, you know, when I was a kid, um, probably around like second or third grade. Um, HBO used to, you know, play these little short films in between, uh, in between their features. And there was one called flesh eating film reels and, um, it scared the crap out of me. I had nightmares about this, this thing for years. And, um, at any time I see something that, you know, even remotely reminds me of it. Um, it just, uh, it just to this day, you know, gives me chills uh it had these great stop motion effects um and you know the plot of the movie was was pretty pretty simple um you know this editor is sort of called over to this house to work on finishing this movie and when he gets there the film reels come to life and uh and attack him and chase him through the house and wow. uh and eventually uh, eat him and um <laughs> Damn. it had uh, like i said this really cool you know stop motion animation with you know sort of the film you know sort of sprawling and squiggling all over the place uh and you know whenever they moved they made this really really creepy sound oh wow holy shit Oh my god! <laughs> what the fuck? So, um, yeah, uh, enjoy those nightmares, and if you never want to sleep again, um, you can check this out on YouTube. Um, I was gonna say, I just saw it yeah, on YouTube. It's, uh, again, it's called Flesh Eating Film Reels, uh, and uh, it uh, definitely scarred me for life. Anywho, uh, thanks for, you know, giving us all the opportunity to come on and comment about your show. Uh, I'd love to have uh, both of you on my show someday. Oh. Uh, so, you know, hit me up and let's make that happen. And um, yeah. until then, uh, keep going. Oh, thanks, Patrick. I have never heard of this before. I, you know, I was looking it up and it looks like it was from 1975. Yeah. And it was played a lot in the 70s and 80s. Um. My family never had cable until I was in college, actually. Mm. So I never, I, I missed out on all of this kind of like everyone talking about having memories of watching USA growing up or even the Joe Bob specials on in the nineties. I never, I never had any of that. And HBO was just something that I, I didn't even know existed until I was much older. So I've never had the experience of this, but. It is on YouTube. I just, I just noticed. Yeah. Oh, I will be watching oh, that sound. Phenomenal. I love like the sound. It's like the rewinding sound plus the demon sound. Like, yeah, Jesus, that's horrifying. It's enough to give you nightmares. Seriously. 
Um, so next, we have a message from Devon Taylor, host of the Bloody Blunt Cinema Club podcast. Um, he is talking about the film Beloved, which I'm not sure I've seen. Oh, I have. I, we watched that in, in college or high school, maybe? I can't, I can't believe it would be high school, because it's definitely an intense movie, but maybe it was in college. I saw it in school at one point. Okay, 1998. Okay, so yeah. Gosh, I was 17 at that time. Um, I, I can't imagine that it was in high school. It must have been college that I had to see it. Yeah. Hello, hello. This is Devon Taylor, host of the Bloody Blunt Cinema Club podcast. I've been listening to Scarred for a Life for a while, and I definitely have a couple of movies I hope to bring on the show one Devon, day. Devon, what your voice However, is so good. However, I do have a film that I wouldn't dare voice. revisit myself, let alone subject Terry or Mary Beth to. <laughs> I remember when I was young watching a movie called Beloved. It's a supernatural mystery starring Oprah Winfrey as a woman dealing with PTSD from slavery oh, yeah. and a poltergeist in her house involving her dead children. Yep. Holy shit. Not only did my mother allow me to watch this movie, she wanted me to see it. She like pushed and encouraged me to. I remember watching it. I didn't even want to finish it, but she made <laughs> me finish this movie. Because she believed that it would help me wrap my head around the horrors of slavery and the pain that my ancestors dealt with. I mean, I totally get what she was going for, but man, it fucked me up. Ever since, slavery movies have been kind of a tough genre for me, and yeah. I've attempted yeah. to block this film from my memory entirely. I know this podcast is all about confronting these memories, but my question for you guys, is there any movie that scarred you guys so bad that you guys wouldn't dare revisit even for the podcast? I love the show and I can't wait to chat with you guys more one day. Cheers to another year of Scarred for Life. Stay lifted, guys. Okay, so that I knew about Beloved. Is existential. I knew about Beloved just before we go into his question. I didn't realize it was a scary movie because I didn't know much about it except for the cover. And the cover is just Danny, a Danny Glover and Oprah Winfrey like looking up at the sky and he's smiling. Yeah. So I was like, oh, it's gotta be like it's got. I thought it was a, a romance movie. Ooh, she's wrong. <laughs> no, she's so it's, wrong. Um... It's heavy, and it's it's based on a book by by Toni Morrison, and yes. that might be why we had to watch because I think or not had to, but I think that was why we watched in classes that I I I did read a bunch of um, Toni Morrison books okay. in in college for the I was an English major, and so we there was a lot of like books that we that were like called considered essentials for American literature and uh this was one of the ones that we read and I believe that I either watched it in class or I, wa or I sought the movie out outside of class but it's heavy <laughs> yeah I mean any it's, movie about like confronting PTSD from slavery is gonna be like whew. yeah it's it's a heavy movie but in reference to his question do, do are there any movies that scared you so much you wouldn't want to revisit I, on the podcast I mean I don't I wouldn't revisit. There's, a, I have an entire letterbox list. It's pretty small of movies that I've seen, I've enjoyed, and I will never see again. They're, mm. but they're not any. I don't think there's anything that like would be on the podcast necessarily because they're all more recent. Like the Poughkeepsie tapes, I never want to oh, watch yeah. that movie again. Like I, I probably will, but I don't want to. And also right. Inside, which was a um, oh. French extremity film about a pregnant woman getting attacked. Yeah. And it's, again, really good, but I watched it in college as part of uh, my horror movie class, and it absolutely fucked me up. Like, it was just so 
intense and upsetting. And again, loved it, but I just don't know if I could watch it again. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I can't think of any off the top of my head, to be perfectly honest. I mean, there are movies that I would probably be hesitant to rewatch. Um, like movies like, I guess, Martyrs. Like, I can't imagine someone coming on. Although, I, I will say that if someone came on the podcast, they're like, I want to talk about how Mort Martyrs fucked me up as a six-year-old. I would probably be like, okay, let's talk about this. But <laughs> the only movie that immediately comes to mind, and it's not because it, it scarred me so bad, but it's just because there are movies that of people that I, I don't want to have on the podcast or talk about in the podcast, and that would be like Jeepers Creepers. That was the first movie that came to my mind um, okay. yeah, because yeah, of the yeah. director. But again, that's not because it, it's it scared me. It's just it's just because of the incidents surrounding the director of that film. Although I will say that unless unless someone like I don't know fucking George Clooney or something comes on and says I want to talk about arachnophobia, I don't think I'll ever be watching that movie again. <laughs> and I, I just remember there's one movie. It didn't scare me, but I don't want to talk about it because I hate it so much. It's Terrifier with Art the Clown. And, oh. like, I know that everyone really like a lot of people really like that movie, and like maybe this is blasphemous to say, but like I absolutely detest that film. And I've never seen it. It's not worth your time. Um, sorry, the guys. The only thing I like know about it. that movie is the is him cutting a woman in half. Yes, and I just I watched it and I was like open mind, whatever. I just it's so it's just not good. So I know people love it, but I if someone wanted to come on the podcast to talk about it, I don't think I would be able to talk about it. Like, without just being outright, like, this movie is fucking terrible. Like, I would have nothing constructive to say. So. <laughs> That's fair. But Davon did kind of lead us into, we did have a couple questions as we as we start to, like, wrap up. One of them was from Kate Miles, who sent us an email at one point and told a story about watching The Dark Crystal and The Secret of Nim and Legend and how... Disney movies in the 80s and all of these kind of movies that were marketed towards kids felt a little bit more blasé about, <laughs> in her terms, making kids wet themselves. And she was telling a story about it took three attempts for her to see the never-ending story in the theater. And I know that that's going to be a movie we're going to talk about <laughs> at some point oh God, in the future. Steve, Steve, my boyfriend, talks about that and being like, fuck that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's... um. It's something else. So you've never seen it? I have never seen it, no. But we keep seeing yeah, it. I'm seeing um, it on Netflix and like wanting to watch it, but I'm also like hold, now I'm well, holding out until someone wants to watch it on like we'll, on the pod. We will have a guest at some point. I know who it's gonna be who wants <laughs> to talk about it. So um this will be happening at some point. But Kate was talking about how it was some scary shit when she was five or six years old. And the, her first time that she had to leave after the Swamp of Sadness scene, and the second time she left after the Bistan and Atreyu go through the Magic Mirror Gate. So she wanted to know what we thought were movies for kids of her generation, being like basically like the 80s that raised in the 80s. Or were those movies scarier than movies made for kids today? Or are her memories of experiencing them as a child causing her to look at them in less objective light? I mean... I am a child of that of that generation and that time period. And especially, I think, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, Mary Beth, but mm -hmm. uh, going through them now, because like a lot of the movies we've covered on this podcast have been for movies that terrified people in the 80s. I mean, even, you know, we talked about Secret of Nim, we've talked about The Dark Crystal, we talked about even movies that were for adults with like uh, Fright Night, we talked about 
<laughs> Return to Oz, uh, The Last Unicorn, like all these movies were of that of that time period. And I think that partly it was probably because of the especially in the early 80s, the juxtaposition of having a PG movie and having an R movie. So if it wasn't enough to be R, it was just going to be rated PG until the PG-13 rating came out. Uh-huh. So I, I do think that there was a lot of movies that got the PG rating that probably were too scary for kids uh, that <laughs> for that for that that rating i think that if pg-13 existed on the early movies there would have been a little bit more push to that rating but when you have either well this movie doesn't have uh sex or curse words so therefore it's not going to be rated r i mean yeah I, th- I think i think movies were probably scary at that time because of that but i'm curious about you mary beth because you are a little bit younger from that and you didn't have that generation what what are your thoughts i mean i agree i think that people i don't even it's like ratings but i also just think people maybe weren't as cognizant of those kinds of things i think that right now especially like with kids that are growing up now that are like my brother who's 18 and like younger kids i think there's a little bit more protection around that because i think a lot of Mm. like our age and like your age have been traumatized by those movies so i think there might be a little bit more protection from people seeing that that being said though like my cousin who's 18 like was watched saw at her age and i i think that maybe there aren't as many scary kids movies but i think because we have more of like the internet is more accessible now i think people are still Mm -hmm. able to watch those horror movies again that being said i think more movies that were aimed at kids were scarier i think just like watching them now i don't think we really have that anymore you know what i mean like i don't think there's anything like the gate there's not really anything like watcher in the woods the watcher in the woods the thing like return to oz like there isn't really anything like that that i can think of that's come out yeah, I don't really can't think of anything. Even I think some of the movies that were I, I I mean the the movie that comes immediately to mind would be and I know I'm going to screw up this title. It's the House with a Clock in in its Walls. I can't remember <laughs> how to say it. I have but to like say, even that movie, I do I my friend made a joke about the house with the cock in its balls and I can't think of that movie <laughs> without thinking of that and I just like house of the cock and its balls i can't anyway sorry i mean that's the the one movie that and i guess the goosebumps that ad- adaptation yeah. that but in in particular I, I i guess i was more disappointed with a house with the, cl- <laughs> the clock in its walls because it was directed by eli roth and it kind of brought me back to when they would get horror movie directors to direct kids movies back in like the 80s or they would take people like uh i mean even like the the witches back then it was it was directed by i'm blanking on his name nicholas rogue who yeah. did freaking um that one movie from that one time period uh, don't look now <laughs> he did don't look now so like yeah. <laughs> so you had like them taking the, these chances on these m- these directors that were making films for adults basically in my opinion they were taking adult themed movies and just making it centered around kids and i think that that is honestly why you get movies like return to oz you get movies like the witches you get movies like the dark crystal that didn't stoop i guess or or treat kids as less than and so i i I guess that that's probably why the house with with the clock in its walls uh kind of bothered me so much because it was eli roth taking a child's movie and it it felt very defanged so i i mean i i do think that 
movies for kids today probably aren't as scary as they were. But I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm way removed from that from that young age anymore. That it's it's hard to. I think there's a resurgence right now too because there are scary stories to tell in the dark. That is like very nostalgic for me, but also I think was yeah. made to cater to kids, which I think is awesome. And I think we talked about this with April Wolf about Black Christmas or their adaptation of it was supposed to cater to younger women. It wasn't supposed mm-hmm. to be like adult hardcore horror. It was supposed to be for for younger girls. And then with the Craft remake uh, or spiritual sequel coming out at the end of October, I think there is this shift now into wanting to make movies that aren't necessarily for little kids, but for like teenagers, Teenagers, particularly teenage girls. And I think that's a really awesome shift into trying to like, I think that audience has been alienated for a long time and people like didn't really think about it in like in my head is how I've kind of viewed Mm -hmm. it. And I think there might be a new wave of that coming. I hope so. Yeah, me too. I I feel like it needs we need to nurture young horror fans and not like gatekeep and be like, you have to watch. And this is, I think this was my big thing when I was, when I was younger, like I felt like it was very gatekeepy and Mm, I mean, it mm -hmm. can still be kind of gatekeepy, but like, I was like, Oh, I haven't seen these movies. I'm not a real horror fan. So I never considered myself a horror fan for a long time because I hadn't seen like certain films. And so I think it's, you know, important that we let younger kids, especially women, young girls know like, Hey, you're welcome here, no matter what you've seen. So yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so then the other final question that we got um, was, I, I was wondering if we were going to get a question like this, and we've gotten a couple people that have have asked us about it. Um, it's why we kind of stopped doing our weekly watches in the yeah. episode, and I, I guess there's there's a lot of a lot of reasons for it, but I think the main one is that when we well, I, I think it's uh, it's kind of two different reasons. One is that when we get someone like Amy Simons or we get someone like Brandon Cronenberg, and it, we get those people a lot through PR contacts mm-hmm. that are scheduling like a PR day, so we don't have a whole lot of time with the person. I mean, with I mean, our episode last week with Brandon was forty five minutes, so we kind of had to like, okay, well maybe we'll do those on the side. And then when we tried to edit them in, it didn't sound right. And I don't know if you guys have noticed it, but we have noticed how the energy kind of drops a little bit when we start to get to those. And in some cases we kind of lose our guest a bit in the discussion. And so we kind of wanted to keep it focused on our guest and sort of like their past and their present. Yeah. Um, I think that's, at least for me, kind of why we started talking about it. Yeah. And I think it just, it like made the episodes really long. And I think, like you said, energy was a little bit like, I think it was hard to kind of keep up the energy that whole time. And so I think it makes the most sense just to go from interview to the movie. I know that some of you miss it. I know like people have said they want, you know, how can we give them recommendations? And, you know, we actually want to ask you, like, if would people be interested in like a, patreon where we did many episodes of what we've seen recently or discuss recent movies like what what do you guys want more from us like do you want to hear more of us talking to each other like this like we would love to hear what you want and if it would be content that you would be willing to subscribe for because you know we want this pod like the main podcast obviously to remain free but you know if there's some extra stuff that you guys would be interested in we would love to hear it and love to consider yeah. it yeah we it's it's one of those things where we we've 
Mary Beth and I have kind of talked about doing a Patreon for a while because there are things we we've have talked about, you know, talking about movies that scared us as adults or, you know, talking about the movies that we're watching or, you know, when we're covering film festivals or we're recording this right now as Nightstream is just about ready to, by the time this episode airs, it will, Nightstream will be over. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's all those kind of things that, that we kind of are curious on, but, you know, I also know that it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. So we want to make sure that if we are creating something that we're doing, something that you guys would, would want, would want to listen to on top of our weekly uh, discussion on kinder trauma. So, yeah, I mean, give us, give us your thoughts. And if you have things that you think we would, you'd like to hear us talk about. And I mean, we'll kind of go from there. Yeah. I think, knowing what you all would like will be really helpful in making a decision. And like Terry said, if it's worth the time and effort, because I think we'd be willing, I would be willing. And I think Terry would be as well to do it if it's of interest. Yeah. I, I just know from, we have a lot of friends that, that do Patreon. It becomes, you know, another kind of like job and it, it's a lot of effort into it. And I mean, we would love to have conversations about the movies that we're watching. We'd love to be able to do that kind of stuff. It's just whether people are interested in it um, yeah. or not. But um, I think we've kind of talked an awful lot uh, today. So, but yeah, so I, I think that is going to be it for this week. Uh, this is a little bit of a different episode, uh, but I mean, it's one year and people that, that make podcasts know that, that it's it's a lot of work. Yeah, and it's a bi- <laughs> so, I don't think I realize how big of a milestone it is to make fifty two episodes like consistent, and it's really it's just really cool. You don't yeah. think about it that way. At least I haven't <laughs> until now. <laughs> we had started out going from like you know bi weekly, I, I think, for our first month, and then we were so excited about releasing episodes that we decided to go you know weekly and. It's a lot of work, but it's it's a whole lot of fun, and we are so so appreciative of all of you who have reached out to us on Twitter or sent us emails or submitted audio for this. It's it's humbling, and it's 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 hard to to hear sometimes. I, I at least for me, it's mm-hmm. it's really difficult to like get that kind of praise and like that people actually like it. So I'm really thankful that you guys are here and that you guys like to listen to us blab about movies me too i'm so thankful for it but yeah so i i guess that's kind of our our sign off uh for this week uh send us an email if about patreon or reach out to us on twitter and in the meantime here's a bunch of bloopers please enjoy them there are some beautiful (laughs) ones in here that we have not shared with the public yet and you will hear what it's like to to record in an apartment where there is constant noise around us yay (laughs) Uh, but until next week, stay creepy, everybody. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? It's such a weird movie, but like a really good movie. And I just hope. Oh, one second. Sorry, the train <laughs> is passing my home in the middle of my excitement. Now, <laughs> keep that excitement. <laughs> keep going. Somebody please think of the children. Where a lot, which is probably not great because I know it's like. Oh, one second. Train. <laughs> train. Train. Does she mean the band? Is she pausing for uh, to listen to a train song? With yes, a little bit of a, yeah, uh, drops of Jupiter in her hair. Editing in, editing, editing. it in. <laughs>
Can we? Can I take like a potty break? Oh uh, yes, that... please take a oh, yes, yes please take a potty break. Please do. Are you gonna record me? Here, I'll mute myself. You don't want to record. The potty <laughs> break. Be right back. <laughs> Somebody please think of the children. Wow. Yeah. Is that my entrance music? I'm back. <laughs> Train coming, car coming. I swear to God. Recording podcasts at home is really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh. Okay, we're back. Um, yeah, yeah I think it's. I think it's pretty much nonsense. Fair. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have. Oh, sorry. Oh, everything okay? Was that the moon landing being faked? No, that was my <laughs> that was my kitten jumping on top of a box of magic cards, and they all came tumbling down. Oh no! So one second, I'm gonna take her and put her out of here because she's a destructive force of nature. <laughs> okay, but is she a good kitty though? She's the best kitty. Okay, good, good. Yes. So good. I apologize for that interruption. No, no. She's a hellion. Never have to apologize for a cat interruption as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) I agree. I just watched her fall from the top of the desk and I was like, oh. (laughs) Like I looked up and there was just a kitten and a box of magic cards falling. I was like, there's nothing I can do to stop this. Nope. Gravity's just going to do its thing. This is happening. (laughs) Anyway. um, The moon landing. Send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com or reach out to us directly on Twitter. I am at MB McAndrews. And I'm at Gailey Dreadful. One second. <laughs> Whoops. Wow. Ruins, ruins the goddamn flow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta love trains. Okay. I'm back. And of course, keep the conversation going by chatting with the podcast on Twitter at Scarred Podcast. And please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. Thank you to Steve Barnold for our artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for our music. Thank you to everyone for listening. Please stay safe out there. But most importantly, stay creepy. And until next time. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. 
From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.